Hi everybody, I'm Bob Schneider. Welcome to the Song Club. I knew it was a bad idea to meet you here, my dear. Oh yeah, back in the saddle, baby. Back home, where it loves to be. I think last month I was in on the road somewhere. And uh, I was making do, as I want to do when I have to make do, but which I am loath to do uh, whenever I have to do. You can quote me on that, and that could go in my quotes for when I'm dead, and then somebody can bring that quote out and go, uh, that guy sounds like he may have been mentally impaired when he said that. And uh, maybe I am. I don't know at this point. I'm getting to the point now where, like, I don't know. In my 40s, I started losing my near sight, if that's actually a word. And I was worried about it at first. And then it got to a point where it didn't get any worse. And I can still, like, read stuff without glasses. It's a little blurry when I get real close. You know, when I get in with a few inches of my face, it's just a little blurry. But for the most part, I can still read everything uh, on my phone or in a book. Uh, so at a certain point, I was just like, well, it's a little blurry, but it's I can get by, so I'm fine. And now mentally, I feel like that's what's gone down with my mental acumen is that uh, it's a little blurry. Ah, it doesn't seem to be getting worse. So, and it will supposedly everybody that I talk to that's like in their sixties, they're like, oh yeah, give it, give it a good 10, 15 years and you'll, you'll notice that it gets much worse. So I'm not looking forward to that because already I mean, I'm not crazy about where I'm at now. Here's what I've noticed though, as my, the efficiency or the ability uh, for my brain to process information is probably similar to getting stoned, which I haven't done for 22 years. Uh, plus, uh, is that when I used to get stoned, I would listen to my music and I'd be like, damn boy, this shit is good. Who wrote this shit? Oh, I did. I'll just enjoy myself then. Thank you very much, be schnitty bedditty. Thank you for your good jams, bitch. But that was the stoned Bobby listening to himself. And now I've discovered that as I as I get as my brain deteriorates and rots out on the inside of my skull, that I've discovered like, oh, like I just really appreciate uh, my own work in a way that I haven't <laughs> been able to do like when I could think clearly and my mind worked at 100%. Now I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing because I'm kind of, you know, flowers for Algernoning it because I can't think of a better word. Flowers for Algernon, I think. This is just me deciding 
that I know what this book is about, but I believe it's about somebody who uh, is maybe not very bright and then gets made bright somehow by some advancement of science and then is real smart and then it doesn't work and then he starts fading back into being a retard. I think that's what that book is. But who knows? (laughs) Because I'm on the back end of that book. So who knows what information I know anymore. But what I'm saying is this sort of thing has allowed me to enjoy myself more or appreciate myself more. So there is an there is a silver lining to this fucking cloud of you know of confusion. Ball of confusion. Uh so anyways, I I said I was gonna stay on track. I told myself going into it today, I was like, all right, Bobby, just stay on track. Talk about the songwriting process. Talk about the songs. Tell some stories about the songs. Talk about writing them. Something interesting. Don't just rant on for goddamn forever. Good God. And don't use the word, don't GD it. Because there's some people that are crazy about that word. So just say GD. In fact, just use initials for all your cuss words. That way people can listen to it with their families and not have to shut it off as they're listening to it with small children present where they're like, oh, I guess I can't listen to this. I have to listen to something that doesn't have G, D, F, C, uh, D, P, <laughs> you know, all the words in it. Even though I guess if I just started like using the, just using letters a lot, maybe just don't use any letters or cuss words. Maybe that should be my new challenge. I think I made that challenge for myself a while ago and I'm just now remembering that. So maybe I'll try to challenge myself to not cuss. Fuck that. See, I already, I'm not doing that. That sounds horrible. I'm not doing it. If you got kids, let them. Here's what I know. I got two kids. I cuss around them all the time. My three-year-old daughter, when I can get her to repeat cuss cuss words back to me, which I have to do while my wife's not around because she's not happy about it at all. She gets real upset when I try to get my daughter to say cuss words. But when she will repeat back a cuss word, it is the cutest thing I've ever heard. I love it. My son, who's 13, has never repeated back any cuss words to me because, I don't know, he's a good kid, I guess. And uh, not, I guess, he's a wonderful boy, and uh, he won't do it for whatever reason. Even though I'm like, hey, it's cool. I cuss around you all the time. You can cuss around me, but he doesn't. At some point, he probably will start cussing around me, and I'll long for the golden good old days when he didn't cuss. Oh, I remember. I remember. I remember when he was a small wee boy, and he wouldn't cuss, and I'd try to get him to say the shit word or whatever word, and he wouldn't do it. 
But now he's just like, fuck you, you old cunt. Uh, I long for the old days when my brain worked and my son wouldn't cuss. I don't know why every time I have to talk about the olden days, I have to use whatever accent that is. I thought it was going to be Irish, but I don't think it is. It's it's like a it's like a Paul McCartney if he was like in a one of those um, what's that guy from uh, Star Wars New Generation that does the reading book club that guy whatever that guy's name is the guy from Roots Kunta Kinte I don't know his name I just I think that's the same guy. He was in Roots, and then he was in New Generation, and then he's reading Rainbow. Whoever that guy is. I should know his name. I don't. Again, like the eyesight, normally, a couple years ago, I'd be, like, upset right now that I couldn't think of it. But now I'm like, eh, who cares? Is it that important? Not really. It's not that important. Here's what is important. Me thanking you, if you're listening to this, thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me today in the Song Club on the podcast. And if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you so much for your support. Uh, I really appreciate it. Your support is what helps me finance my studio recordings. I used to go to these... Horrible, horrible people called uh, record companies. They would loan me some money to record a record. Then I would pay them that money back from a tiny proportion of the record sales, which they would keep along with the majority of the record sales, which they would also keep. And then once I had paid them back the money that they had loaned me to make the record, they would then pay themselves back, keep the record, not give it back to me. They just keep it forever. They're like, yeah, we're going to loan you this money for this record. Then you're going to pay us that money back. Then we're going to keep the record. You don't ever get the record back. What? Uh, Yeah, that's the way it works. That's the way it's always worked. So fuck you. Okay. Sounds good. And then... Uh, then they, instead of sharing the royalties or giving you, a, you know, a sort of a decent part of the profits, they keep giving you a small, tiny part of the profits and keep the majority for themselves. Anyways, they're going out of business, so fuck those people. Uh, and now I just have to do it myself, which sucks. But, you know, what can you do? You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, you're helping. So thank you so much. Because it does cost a bunch of money to make a good record. I could do it myself. And when I do it myself, that's what you're getting here today. You're getting my recordings. I you know, record the songs as I write them. I, I play all the instruments. And I, I like the demos that I make. I, I'm proud of them. And uh, I enjoy making them. I enjoy sharing them with you. But at the end of the day, I love going into a studio with extremely talented musicians, M magicians. They're magical, uh, what they can do with sound and with their instruments. Uh, and I get to 
to have them interpret these songs in a studio with uh, people that know how to mix sound and make sound sound good on recordings. And uh, and that costs money. <clears throat> it doesn't cost a lot. I, my records cost between fifty and $60,000 to make. But that's you got to come up with that money. Uh, and, and it's hard to make that money back. You don't make it back on, on Spotify. You don't make it back on iTunes. Uh, unless you're like, you know, Drake. Which, good God, I would love to be Drake. Uh, or Beyonce, who I would love to also be. But I would prefer to be Drake, just because then I could be a dude. But if somebody said you could either be Drake or Beyonce... Uh, but you can't be Drake. I'd be like, I'll be Beyonce. But then I'd be like, <laughs> as soon as Jay Z started coming on, coming at me, I'd be like, ah, uh, I want a divorce. I don't want to make this. I don't want to do any conjugal stuff ever. I mean, I love Jay Z, but I don't want to deal with that dick. I don't want to deal with Jay Z's dick coming at me. I'm like, stay away from me, buddy. I, I'm lesbian now. That's my impression of Beyonce, which I should probably not do because I don't even know what she talks like. I just know what she sounds like when she sings, which is like a goddamn fucking god on earth. She's really, you know, I always think like, who's the Elvis? Who's the current Elvis? You know, the force of nature in the music business. Beyonce is Elvis. I mean, there's Justin Bieber. He's pretty incredible. But goddamn. You put Beyonce and Justin Bieber in a room, my money's on Beyonce. She's amazing. She's not to be fucked with. All right. Let's play a song. So I went on Patreon today and, and looked and checked and see if there were any requests. And there were some requests. There was one... By Brian West, and he requested the demo for Don't Give Up That Sweet Booty, which I love playing live uh, in my solo shows, mainly. But let's listen to it. Here's Don't Give Up That Sweet Booty. Don't give up that sweet booty fast-talking cutie When I'm away from home So far away from home Save it for me, baby Save it all for me
Demos. The demo is pretty powerful. Again, this is me. This is me with my diminished mental capacity listening to a song that I wrote a couple years ago uh, now. And I here's the other thing that's kind of weird. Now I've written so many songs. I've, I've, I'm probably right somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 songs, somewhere in that zone. And uh, the thing that I've discovered recently is like, I don't. Like, I don't know if I'm like crowding out old memories or if they're being stored or locked away or discarded. I don't know. But I don't really remember like writing that song. I don't remember like where I was. I don't remember if I wrote it in the studio or if I wrote it in my, uh, on the road or if I wrote it in my bedroom for a while when my, after my son was born. I have a little, I have a small little studio in my backyard, but after my son was born, about six months later, me and his, uh, lovely mom, uh, separated and we've, and we eventually got a divorce a couple years later, but we never got back together after we separated. And so, uh, for his whole life, we've always not been together and we're both remarried both get along great. She's wonderful. I love her husband and her, and uh, and uh, we all get along great. So uh, happy ending there. Uh, but for years, when my son would stay at my place, I I couldn't, you know, after he went to bed, I couldn't just leave the house and uh, go out into the studio, even though I did try to set up some sort of monitor system where I could listen to him. But the monitor at that time, the technology, there was like no Wi-Fi monitor back then. It was just like walkie-talkie style monitors. And it wouldn't reach to the studio. So I had set up two monitors, a monitor that would go about halfway, and then I would put the two monitors next to each other. Anyway, it just didn't work. It (laughs) It was an experiment that failed. Uh, I'm sure there was a way to to set it up. But what I, what I ended up doing was sort of making like a little mini studio in my bedroom. And that way, if something happened, a monster perhaps came into our house to swallow my son uh, and kill him, I would be there to protect him with my magical sword that kills monsters uh, or my imaginary machine guns. Uh which is just my pure father rage, which somehow would have protected him. Anyways, thank God no monsters ever came. But for years, for, I don't know, five, six years, however long, I I didn't hardly ever record anything in my little studio. I just did it in my bedroom because that's where everything was set up in the corner. And so, but I don't, so I don't know if I recorded that song there, here, in the studio or somewhere else. Cause I don't remember it. And when I'm just, and when I was listening to it right now, I'm like, wow, 
like when it started off, I was like, who's playing that shit? Is that me playing it? Because it doesn't sound like anything I know how to play. But as I was listening to it, I was like, I must have played it. I just don't remember playing it. And maybe I was playing it on some weird guitar that was tuned weird or something. Or I, I, Who knows? Because I don't remember it. So there you go. Uh, maybe I'm the living Buddha. And uh, I'm, I can only, as I go, I can only be aware of the one thing, which is the now. And uh, everything else is uh, subsidiary to that. Subsidiary. I'm just throwing words out into this uh, podcast like I know what they are and what they mean and how they work in a sense. It's really because I just was listening to Billy Corgan talking to Joe Rogan and he's smart as fuck. I was never a big Smashing Pumpkins fan. I was like, fuck that guy. Fuck his voice. Fuck the Smashing Pumpkins and fuck all their success. Now I'm like, uh, those songs were pretty good. And listening to him talk to Joe Rogan, I'm like, that guy is fucking real smart. Here's what he's not, though. Trying to be funny ever. Like, or maybe he just wasn't trying to be funny on that podcast. But he seems like a kind of guy that's not necessarily concerned with being funny. <laughs> like... I would, all I would want to do on the Joe Rogan podcast is crack Joe Rogan up and probably wouldn't because he's too high. He's too high. He wouldn't. Anyway, and maybe I'm not funny enough to crack him up, but that's all I would. But here's what I was thinking when I was watching. I was like, he doesn't give a fuck about cracking Joe Rogan up. Joe Rogan's super high and he probably is like, oh, fuck, I got Billy Corgan in here. And. Maybe, but he didn't seem concerned with cracking people up either because he's Joe Rogan. He's got a giant podcast, so fuck. I feel like both of those guys were like, fuck the other guy. But who knows? Who knows what anybody's thinking? All I know is I was imagining myself being interviewed by Joe Rogan, and it was like, why would Joe Rogan ever interview me? I'm not fucking Billy Corgan. But if he was, I'd be trying to crack him up, failing because he's too fucking high. Anyways... Billy Corgan, smart, very uh, astute. Is that the word? <laughs> uh, he's able to express himself using these things called words, and he groups them into sentences in a way that makes him seem real fucking smart. Unlike myself, who just barely can make a fucking thought come together somehow. Just, it's all just, it's like too much. It's like climbing a fucking ski hill in the summer. It's beautiful. Mm, look at that skill. I think I'll just climb up it and get to the top like a goddamn fucking Swiss Ricola uh, ad dude. And it'll just be, you know, and I can look at some bees buzzing around some flowers up at the top of this goddamn fucking mountain and then get up about fucking 150 feet and go, fuck this. That's what it feels like when I'm talking. <laughs> but I'm going to keep going because... We're only, we're just barely into this podcast. So anyways, that was Don't Give Up That Sweet Booty. Pretty sad, but beautiful love song. But obviously a guy is like concerned, uh, as he should be probably, uh, with his, uh, the love of his life fucking somebody. All right. So Brian had that request and he had another request and I was like, well, I'm not fucking just give Brian everything that he fucking wants 
and do his other request, which is a song called Harry Heart. So let's listen to it real quick. There's some cool trumpet work there at the end of that song, I believe. I don't know. I couldn't, I could, we couldn't, I mean, I guess I could have cut to the end of the song, but that's not the way I do. So anyways, there's some trumpet work at the end. It's real trumpet. You can hear trumpet in the background there. I, I played trumpet in school. And when I said I played trumpet in school, I played trumpet in sixth grade. Uh, that was the last time I played it in school. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a nice instrument to carry to school because it's light. And uh, when I was in seventh grade, I went to a big uh, junior high in El Paso, and I was I was I loved band. It was it was exciting, and I was really excited about being in this junior high band because they had one of the best junior high school bands in uh, the country, and uh, and in the state. And uh, Texas has got a big band uh, program. Uh, they have some incredible bands in Texas. And so I was excited to be in a a program that was, you know, going to compete nationally. Uh, uh, and it would be fun. And they had a bunch of bands. They had like beginner band, uh, intermediate, orchestral, symphonic. Uh, the symphonic band combined both the uh, the sort of brass marching band band and the... Uh, orchestral band which was like you know uh strings and stuff the you know the, the kind of band you'd see like at a symphony or whatever and so uh i was excited about it uh and and when i got there uh the first week they were like well we have 150 trumpet players 
in band, in band. You will never, and and the in the top like thirty of them, they've been studying. Uh, they take private lessons. You'll never play in the top band. But we only have five baritone horn players, which baritone horn is is sort of like a mini tuba. It's the same range as a trombone, uh, but it looks like a tuba. And they're like, we have a brand new one of those that you can use for free because the school, like I said, it had a huge band program, so they had a lot of money in the in the band program. And they're like, we'll let you use it. Uh, it's pretty easy to learn. It's similar, the, uh, the way you play it's very similar to a trumpet. Uh, it's just a lower register. Uh, but it's the same sort of, you know, three keys and, uh, you know, the notes are similar. So I was like, yeah, I'll take this beautiful, big, shiny silver instrument and play it. But guess what? They didn't tell you, oh, you, you're going to be carrying that shit to and from school every day. And I was tiny. I was always the smallest, youngest kid in my class. So this thing was almost bigger than I was in seventh grade. I was a tiny kid. But I enjoyed playing it, and I quickly moved up uh, the ranks and uh, was in not the top band, but the second to the top band uh, within a few months of being in the seventh grade. And I just loved band. I loved how all the the instruments sounded together, and I liked being part of that group. And, uh, and I could have seen myself kind of going all the way through junior high and high school and college and playing in bands and maybe eventually doing it as a living. Like, I mean, I just saw the whole path for me. And then in eighth grade, we moved to Germany and they didn't have a band because the school I went to was K through eight. And there was like 200 students in the entire school. And then I went to a high school after that that was a British high school for ninth and 10th grade. Uh, it was a British military school in Germany. They didn't have a band. Uh, and then when I finally got to a school in the 11th grade that had a band, it was a tiny, tiny high school. Uh, my graduating class was 56 and, uh, they did have a band and that band was worse way by far worse than my sixth grade band was. And this was a high school band. So I, I didn't, I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to play with these guys. So I never played again after seventh grade, which was a big bummer for me because uh, I, I, I loved it. I, it was my, my favorite. So I still know how to play a little bit of trumpet. Not very well. I can't get very high on it. I can barely read music. Uh, but I do throw it into some songs every once in a while. And at the end of that song, there's like a little trumpet thing that happens. And uh, uh, occasionally I'll put trumpet uh, on, in some songs. And uh, what, where the, the only time I think I've ever played on a record was for uh, Slower Deer, which is on Lovely Creatures. And um, I actually brought in a trumpet player to play the trumpet part. Uh, in the studio and he came in and just killed it but it it was too good like it sounded like it was it just sounded too too good so then I went in and re-recorded it with my sort of shitty uh, trumpet sound and uh, that's what ended up on the record because that's kind of what it needed it needed to sound a little kind of wonky 
uh, the way I play it. So that's uh, that's that story. See, I'm 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 sticking to the script, people. I don't know if that was better. You know, who? I'm kind of like who gives a fuck, really, when it comes to me. But I don't know. Maybe somebody was interested. Uh, who knows? Let's listen to another song. This is a new one. Uh, I feel like the songs that I wrote last month were like, like I wrote a couple songs that I'm just going to be playing a lot. I, I wrote a song called Lord of the Flies and another song called I'm a Man. I'll be playing those songs at all my shows for years, maybe for the rest of my life. And when I when I write songs like that, I get so excited. And then this month, I wrote some songs that I will be playing, but I don't know if I'll be playing them for years. Maybe I'll play them for a little bit, and then they'll fall to the wayside. Uh, it is weird. You can't expect to write songs that it's like they're like it's not even like they're home runs. I feel like I wrote some songs this week that were kind of home runs, but they weren't grand slams. They didn't win the game. We weren't behind by three. And in the ninth inning, I fucking hit the grand slam. I felt like I did that last month a couple times. And then this month, I, you know, I got a couple double doubles and maybe a one song that might might have gotten a runner in. Maybe we tied the game up. I'm just going to stick with the sports analogy as long as I can. All right, let's listen to it. This is a song called Having Feelings. I don't I've been watching a lot of Sesame Street with my three year old. Uh when she gets up in the morning, that's usually we put on Sesame Street before she goes to her Montessori school. And uh I don't know if that's why I ended up doing some spelling in that song or not. Who knows where, you know, why I do any of this stuff. It's all very um it seems very um Oh, I don't know, random, but maybe it's not. Um but I was just listening to that. Uh, so that's a speak and spell, by the way, uh, doing that, uh, which some people know about. And some, my wife didn't know what that was. I ordered one in the mail and it came. She's like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, uh, it's a speak and spell. Uh, 
Um, anyways, uh, I guess that was a thing at some point. Texas Instruments put it out maybe in the 80s. I don't know when it actually came out. Maybe it was the 90s. But it's fun using that thing. And um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So the other thing I realized as I was listening to this song is like Drake's got a huge song right now called In My Feelings, maybe. And I was like, oh, man. But I think I wrote this before In My Feelings, but maybe not. I don't know. I was trying to think. I don't think I had heard his song. I don't. I couldn't even. I've heard it once, maybe only because somebody told me that he had some video challenge where somebody got hit because they were dancing outside of the car or something. I was like, oh, let me see if I can find that. I like watching people get injured as long as they're not killed uh, on film. That's funny, usually, or interesting to me because I'm a human being and uh, watching other people fall, fuck themselves up, seem that's I find that interesting for some dark, weird reason. Uh, so I have heard that song, but I, I, I haven't listened to it. And uh, I don't, who knows if that had anything to do with that. But here's the difference between me and Drake. His song has, I think, over a billion views now. And uh, this song, Heavy <laughs> Feelings, has... <laughs> I'm going to go less than 10 listens depending on how many people are still listening to this podcast, which I'm assuming at this point is somewhere between five and 10 people. Maybe I might be, be, I might be being generous at this point. I don't know. I mean, I would love for it to be hundreds of thousands. Oh my God. I would be rich. I would just, if I had a hundred thousand podcast listeners, then I would just like, Say, oh, I'm going to do a show here, like at this 2,000-seat theater, and it would be sold out immediately. Instead, I play at a small club, and <laughs> they're, like, giving away tickets because that's the way the world works right now. Uh, but, hey, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my 5 to 10 listeners. All right. Let's, uh, let's check out another song. So another request that I had from the Patreon group was from Ryan Abbott, and he requested this song called City Cop. And I think he requested this a while back, and I was like, man, I don't even know if I want to, pl- I don't even know if I want to share this demo, because it's a little, it's wonky. Uh, but then I listened to it, <laughs> I listened to it this morning, and I was like, ah, this is a pretty good demo. Again, I think it's because of the diminishing brain, because... A year ago, I felt like I listened to it and I was like, mm, this is not good. This morning, not bad. Kind of interesting. So anyways, I'm including it. Uh, the version that we do live uh, is a little different. It's more rocking. Um, I started doing it live when Jeff Plankenhorn was the guitar player in my band, who's incredible. He can play anything can sing anything his memory is amazing he can learn songs really quickly and he can retain that information for years so when I sent this song to the group he learned the synth part that that you'll hear at the very beginning of the song on guitar and could just lay it down like Angus Young from ACDC and so it ended up becoming sort of this rock song 
kind of like back in black or something uh, along those lines. But anyways, you'll see uh, when we listen to the demo, that's not what the demo is. But maybe it was. Who knows? Uh, anyways, here's the demo that I recorded. And uh, let's check it out. Me and my sweet city cop, we gonna watch the sun drop. Speak little diamonds on water. Ain't nobody gonna tell us what we gonna do. She got the gun. I got the clue. She said, Tell me what you want when you come to my heart. I don't really want it. Tell her the daughter part can't sell anything. Tell me what you want when you come to my heart. I don't really need it. Might want to get a messenger, but the message is true. Yeah. Yeah. Spin y'all, take me for a drive to pills, run them sirens, and baby, leave the badge on when we do our things. Take what you want when you come to my heart now, don't really want it. Tell them we don't talk to you, that's how to You can leave your badge on when we do our thing. Uh, I do like uh, I do like ladies in uniform. Uh, I, I can't uh, I I do I like ladies in uniform, and I can't deny, and I cannot lie. Other brothers will deny. When I see a girl in a uniform, I get warm. Uh, yeah. So that's city cop. It's about making sweet love to a police woman. Uh, when I was a kid, there was a show called Police Woman with Angie Dickinson. Uh, how about that name? Angie Dickinson. And she was super hot, and she came across as somebody who was drunk all the time. Like, she, like even in her normal life. And on Police Woman, she just always seemed like she had had a drink or two earlier, and she was DTF, like always. Uh, so as a young man... That was very appealing to me. I think when when the show was on, I was um, pre-pubescent. Uh, it was still interesting to me. And then as a masturbating teenager, definitely uh, Angie Dickinson was somebody that was on my mind occasionally. So um, I'm sure that's where that comes from, that song City Cop. Uh, and my apologies to you for bringing up masturbation because... Anytime somebody brings up masturbation, then I immediately, in my mind, imagine them masturbating, and I don't like it. Like, it's something that makes me unhappy. Uh, and it's the real, like, it's the real reason that I'm, like, upset about the Louis C.K. thing. I, I'm not upset about him for, you know, being a pervert, because everybody's a pervert. I'm upset at him for now I have 
this imaginary mind video of him masturbating, which I, I'm, I'm not crazy about. And I'm not crazy about me talking about being Beyonce and having Jay-Z come at me with his dick. Cause now I've got this imaginary mind video of Jay-Z holding his dick coming at me. And I don't like that either. I just don't want to, I just don't want to have any of that imaginary mind video. Cause for whatever reason, Unlike me recording these songs, I can't seem to get rid of mind video. Like, it's just there, and it's there always. That's why my my wife is a prankster, and she likes to prank me all the time. And I'm like, don't fucking prank me, because when you prank me, I mind video gets created, and I can't erase it. And... Uh, what you know what do you like what kind of prank like well like a prank like i'll come home she's like oh i bought a i bought a dwarf bunny and i'm like oh motherfucker now i gotta take care of a goddamn dwarf bunky <laughs> dwarf bunky <laughs> there's my brain by the way that's the brain i'm working with dwarf bunky <laughs> anyways now i gotta take care of a dwarf bunny <laughs> a dwarf monkey uh, anyways, now I've got mine video of a dwarf monkey. Anyways, moments later, she's like, I, I didn't, I didn't buy a dwarf bunny. Just pranking you. Just trying to get you riled up, which she did. But now I have like for the rest of that day and until now, every once in a while, I'll be like, oh fuck, we've got a dwarf bunny. Oh no, we don't have a dwarf bunny. It's a, we do, we don't. So it's like a speed bump in my brain that was created because of this prank. So I'm like, don't do that. I don't want stuff. My brain's not good. It just creates stuff and then it stays there for some reason. Anyways, uh, let's listen to another song. This is a, uh, I feel like this is another request, but uh, I don't know who requested it. Uh, I just had written down a bunch of requests on a list uh, a few months back, and I didn't put anybody's name. So if you requested this, thanks. Uh, It's a song called Beep, Beep, Boom. Well, I was walking down the street, had my head in my hand. Saw a small little bird start to stutter in the lane. You were on. Next thing I know, the whole world was gone. Next thing I know, my teeth knocked out. Something about your kiss make my mouth won't shout. Don't know nothing, but I think that I do. Wanna spend all my time with you. I feel like this whenever you're around. I feel like this whenever you're around. I feel like this whenever you're around. Feel 
together with a drink in my hand Got the widest crowd in town So clean, well I wanna go down And I feel like this whenever you're around And I feel like this whenever you're around And I feel like this whenever you're around My uncles, beep, 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 boom Beep, 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 boom Uncles, Beep, 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 boom. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's me becoming a sound effects comic. Uh, and succeeding. 100%. Uh, that, I felt like you're probably listening to that and you were like, why is he playing, uh, recording of an explosion? That was amazing. Oh, he did that with his mouth? Good God. This, he's a multifaceted artist. He's now a, a sound effects comedian as well. Wow. I'm not good at sound effects, by the way. Oh, really, Bob? That's a fucking shocker after you just fucking knocked us out with that fucking bullshit. Yeah, I'm, I've never been good at it. It's, I'm not, it's one of the things that, you know, like I'm always like, uh, am, I, am I a real man? Because I feel like real, I know, here we go with this, with my sexist bullshit. I feel like real men can do sound effects, and but I can't, so I'm not like a real man somehow or whatever. Anyways, uh, I'm not good at it. I wish I was. Like, I wish I was good at, like, beatboxing and stuff like that. Um, or just sound effects in general. Just gun sounds. I'd actually, to me, that sounds good, but I know it's not good. Plus, I'm doing it into a mic. So it actually doesn't sound bad on the mic, but in real life, it's like, oh man, don't, don't do that. Please, for God's sakes, don't do that. Uh, anyways, let's listen to a brand new one. Uh, this is the song I just wrote uh, a couple days ago called Drugs and Kisses. Those times came, they came 
You put your gun to my heart and I heard it go pop, pop, pop. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty good. Pretty good. I will say this. When somebody comes up to me, at a show, and I, I will say it's been some time since I've heard this, and I don't know why that is. Maybe because the people that I talk to after the shows now aren't as stupid. <laughs> Maybe people that come see my shows now are smarter than they used to be. But when somebody comes up to me and they go, oh, that show is pretty good. All I want to do is tell them to go get fucked. Like, don't tell me something was pretty good. Like, don't. It's just not cool. Uh, You know, like, don't. Like, somebody gives you a blowjob, and you don't go, hey, that blowjob, that was pretty good. Fuck you. Fuck you. No, that's not cool. Anyways, I, I I feel like people are like they're they're they do the the I think they're doing this thing when they say pretty good where they're like, hey, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass and tell you that it was great when I only thought it was pretty good. I'm gonna be honest with you. You're gonna respect that. No, I'm not. I'm not going to respect that shit. Fuck you and your honesty. If you think it was pretty good, don't say a goddamn thing and go home and don't ever come see me again, motherfucker. Either fucking dig it, hate it. I prefer hate it. I'd prefer for somebody to come up and go, man, all that shit you said about poop and sucking dicks and all that stuff really offended me and I will never come see you again. I'll be like, oh, thank God I did something cool, but not pretty good. Like, you just love it? Tell me that, that you loved it. Oh, I loved that blowjob. That was the best blowjob I've ever gotten. Even if it wasn't, it's still a fucking blowjob. Say you love it. Say it was the best. Or don't say a goddamn thing. Just move on. Say, oh, look, I got to get the fuck out of here. I've got a meeting. Take care of yourself. This is a bad blowjob scenario, by the way. Take care of yourself and have a wonderful life. You're such a wonderful person. I got to go. Here's a tissue. Uh, 
Anyways, yeah, that's the way I feel about pretty good. I'm not happy about pretty good. It doesn't make me feel happy or good. Uh, all right, let's listen to a, one more uh, new song. Uh, this is another, this is the the song I wrote before that last one. And uh, it's called The Rockford Files. Uh, when I was a kid, I loved The Rockford Files. And, uh, you know, you can watch everything now, obviously. Uh, it's all there and all available uh, at all times. And I tried watching some Rockford Files recently because I just just remember loving it as a kid. And it's not good. God, it's pretty bad. I mean, James Garner's great. He's a great actor. He's super likable. But the show's... Ah, it's not as good as I wanted it to be for sure. Uh, I was just like, I'm just going to watch all of these. I'm just going to watch all of them. And then I like watched about 10 minutes of one. And I was like, eh, I don't need to be watching this. But because I don't want to like destroy the feeling, the Rockford Files feeling that I have, which is good. It's a good feeling. So anyways, this is uh, this is called Rockford Files. I'm pretty sure the whole cast of the Rockford Files is gone. I could be right. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure the whole cast of the Rockford Files is dead. the uh, uh the song writing phrase the the phrase for the song uh writing group 
uh, last week was Caveman Annex. So that's what I ended up writing uh, with that phrase. Um, most of the time when I, so I've been, I've been doing this song game for close to 20 years now, uh, off and on, uh, mostly on every once in a while, I'll take a break from it. Um, doing it again with a small group of, uh, songwriters. And the way it works is I send out a phrase, uh, or it's sent to me and, uh, and, uh, and then I write a song and I incorporate the phrase somewhere in the song. But lots of times I'll just write a song and kind of not even think about the phrase and then try to work the phrase into the song after I've written the song. And I think that's what happened on this one. Like I just uh, just started writing whatever. The way I write songs, again, it's very intuitive. I don't necessarily have an idea about what I'm going to write. I'll just pick up... Uh, uh, guitar or or start playing something on the piano and uh as uh, as I'm writing as I'm making sounds I'm recording and then what I'll do is I'll end up with a little chunk of something that I, that I like and I'll loop that and then I'll I'll just start writing out some whatever random whatever comes into my head uh whatever it is it doesn't matter really uh again I think that helps in terms of uh, your creativity is to not get overly critical about anything that you write while you're in the middle of it. So I just start writing whatever comes into my head. And then, um, if I write something interesting, uh, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I'll, I'll, maybe that's part of the song. And then as I'm doing that, eventually I get an idea of what the song is actually supposed to be and what it's about. Uh, but I don't normally ever know what it is before I start. Uh, and, uh, so that, you know, I wrote that song and then I, I was like, oh shit, I gotta fit the phrase in there somehow. And so then I wrote that verse about, uh, caveman antics, um, you know, because of all the hashtag me too stuff going on. And, uh, I realized, oh yeah, this, I guess this song's about getting older and things changing and uh and what how that feels maybe um and uh you know what that really means or what's important or what's even though everything does change what's not changing and what's this thing that runs through it all so i guess you know that's what that song ended up being uh or just <laughs> or or Oh, that's just a Dr. John song. That's just like one of them old Dr. John songs I used to listen to. Uh, can't write something interesting, new like Drake or something. Quit writing, quit rewriting Dr. John songs. That's that's what I'm saying. Just quit doing that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who that guy is. I feel I feel like that was my Cajun, like cosmopolitan Cajun. I would call that the cosmopolitan Cajun if I was on SNL. Hey, I got this new character. It's called Cosmopolitan Cajun. It goes like this. Hey, man, quit writing them Dr. John songs, man. And he, he, he'd be dressed dapper. He'd be a dapper dresser. All right, we're almost at the end here. Uh, I have been, uh, I have a new record out called Blood and Bones. It just came out a month or two ago. And uh, I have been including the demos for that record with uh, each of these Song clubs 
uh, and for a while before the record came out, I was putting out the actual uh, studio tracks as well. But those are now available. If you're a member of my Patreon uh, song club, you uh, can download the entire record uh, from Patreon uh, from one of my posts. And uh, but you don't have haven't heard this demo for uh, one of the songs on the record called "Everything Changed." So we'll go out uh, on this song. Uh, everything changed. This is one of those songs that changed quite a bit from the demo to the live show. And then we ended up recording the live, the version that we do uh, live uh, instead of the version that, that was the demo. As you'll hear, the demo's very different than than the live version and very much different than the studio version. I love the studio version, but I do kind of like this demo as well. It's pretty quirky. And you'll notice if you're, uh, you know, pay attention and like this song or have listened to it on the studio, you realize, oh, there's a bunch of lyrics in the middle of the demo that I took out um, f- for both the live version and the studio version. So they're in the demo, but they're not in the... Uh, studio version and they're kind of interesting they're sort of it gets meta because i'm like talking to the i'm kind of i get away from the song and start talking about some other stuff and there's some comedy stuff in there but i don't know i love the 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 version that's in this the studio version feels like that's the song and then this demo stuff uh, it's interesting but it's it feels like fat it's a little fat Anyways, we'll listen to the whole thing. It'll take us out uh, today. Thanks for joining me on the Song Club. Uh, I'll be back next month with more songs, and I hope you join me then. Uh, You can go to www.patreon.com backslash Bob Schneider if you want to join uh, my Patreon uh, subscription, Uh, and then you'll get all these songs and all the songs that I've put out for 17 shows so far. And depending on what level you want to donate each month, you can actually get all of the songs. If you want to get crazy, you can get crazy. They'll let you get crazy at Patreon, man. You can get crazy, man. I'm telling you. Like, how crazy you want to get? Uh, Loco? You can get Loco. Uh, not, maybe not that crazy. Maybe just like... Maybe just like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know, like misdemeanor, like, can you get misdemeanor? I don't even know if that's a thing, but yeah, you can get there. All right. Enough of that. Thanks. See you next time on the Song Club. There's piles of buildings where I live.
Remember, to get this song and all the songs you've heard on today's podcast, go to www.patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, backslash Bob Schneider, and join my song club today. And I look forward to meeting up with you again soon here in the song club.